Welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And if Game 3 was... I don't know what to call Game 3. If Game 3 sucked, Game 4 was the complete opposite of that because, my God, what a game. But before we get into all that, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by... Um, hashtag Suns2021 champions. I'm Daniel Wynn, and I'm joined by... Uh, we have to get a shout out to the Space Jam uh, hey, shirts yeah. that we got going on because that drops <clears throat> on Friday. So before y'all watch that movie, tune into this episode. But it's your boy, Really Real Terrell Sales. And of course, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got a guest coming back for this episode. Who we got? Who we got on the podcast today? Uh, that's right. We are back. It's Dylan from the Midwest, repping the Milwaukee Bucks. And. <laughs> Speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks, wow, what a game from them. Especially Giannis, shout out. And Dylan, I know the first kind of first quarters, let's say, of the of game four was kind of alarming for me. I don't know about you, but it was for me because I saw Giannis kind of laboring up and down the court. He got pulled really early, I think in the first, and then he came back like midway or almost to the end of the first, and he still looked gassed. What did that what did you make of that? Yeah, it was really odd. It was a lot like game three where he, you know, called himself out with about eight and a half minutes left in the first. And I don't know if he's got, you know, a little bit of the yips right away. If he's, you know, just coming out and he's too, the moment's too big for him right away, which is strange. But yeah, it, it was super weird and I'm not entirely sure what's going on. And it, but it worked in game three and it worked in game four. So if he's got to do it for game five, uh, let him have it. <laughs> right. Right. And we're talking about having like these big games and, you know, Devin Booker, obviously we have to talk about the book. Gee, you talked about it last week. He can't be a role player. This game, he went for 42 on seven of 28. He didn't really do anything else, but what was there anything that you liked about Devin Booker's game today or tonight? I should say. I mean, you, you, you mentioned it already. He put up buckets. That's what Devin Booker's known. So I will never understand the Kobe comparisons, although the offense, you know, I guess, but Kobe is an all-around player, but let's not focus this on Kobe. I know you told me to focus on the positives, but there's just a lot of negatives in today's game for Devin Booker, in my opinion. I know he scored 40 points, but he, you know, I know he has that that edge on him, but you have to be a smart player. Chris Paul wasn't getting his shot, so the Suns desperately needed Devin Booker in those stretches where he was sitting on the bench because he was in foul trouble. Get out of your head, bro. You can't be extra when you have four fouls. The game is on the line. This is a closeout game, and we'll talk about some other Suns players later on in this podcast episode but that's what i have to say about Devin booker all right deep uh yes Devin booker kind of made a lot of mistakes at the end uh partic- i thought you know towards the end of the fourth quarter i thought he should have fouled out if you know he, like you guys know what play i'm talking about uh Absolutely. at the tail end of the fourth quarter um he had yeah it wasn't a perfect performance but i was actually quite impressed with Devin booker's performance obviously 40 points is nothing to scoff at that's a that's an incredible too. performance um yeah, too. And 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 like what's impressive was um he broke out of a rut and the fact that he broke out of a rut despite a loss um is is a an encouraging sign for Phoenix. So I still I still believe that Suns the Suns are, are inevitably going to pull out this series. Okay. We'll get into that like a little bit later on, but he living and dying by that. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he's been living and dying on it by since the Brooklyn series, so. <laughs> I mean Fair enough, the way they played, I mean, yeah. they were playing well, but then there was just something about this game. They It looked like they had it in the bag, but shout out to Giannis because his two defensive plays down the down the stretch was just incredible. That block on Aiton and then playing enough defense to make Chris Paul 
miss mishandle misguide i don't know what happened there but he just lost the ball and dylan i know you got to be excited to see the defensive player of the year multiple times right correct me if i'm wrong but uh one of the defensive but two-time mvp there we go <laughs> there we go you got to love how he's getting into like the thick of things really late in the game yeah, it, it's great to see it late. It was strange that they came out and he seemed gassed right away. But, you know, those third quarters are really big for him. He usually comes out, he starts slashing and gashing. He starts, you know, kind of manning up. He plays hard defense. I think just a lot of times maybe he just needs that halftime to, you know, kind of collect his thoughts from the first half. And he usually just comes out swinging. And, you know, like you mentioned, that block on Aiden and at the end of the fourth was, was huge. He, he came in and he was absolutely – phenomenal in the fourth and you know he, he might not have put up you know all the points or anything like that shout out to chris middleton um <laughs> but yeah Giannis, Giannis was an absolute animal and, and he he really he really kind of grounded out there at the end uh you know he had that fall on jay crowder but i, I mean he, he's just going for it man he wants this and and you know he is he's not stopping yeah if last game was his 40 point explosion this game was chris middleton and it kind of showed that you know, for all the garbage that we say about Chris Middleton, I once referred to him as a discount Paul George, which is not meant to be a slight in any in any way. It's just that he's just a tier below Paul George. But, you know, am I wrong in saying that? Just just quickly. I mean, I'm not wrong in saying that. I, at least I don't think so. I mean, I kind of agree with your what you're saying there, uh, Jared. Uh, he kind of he he's definitely he is kind of a poor man's Paul George. He's he's definitely a, a good he he's definitely a good player. Um, he's a he can be a valuable part of a championship team. But I want to say this about Chris Middleton's performance tonight. I think he is the MVP tonight for the Bucks. Um, Giannis, let's let's be clear, he wasn't himself tonight. He was he was a shell of his of himself tonight. Uh, Giannis couldn't really do anything until the fourth quarter. Uh, Chris Middleton took the leadership role for this Bucks team and carried this team through the first three quarters and let Giannis carry it to the end. So this Bucks. It, this Bucks victory is completely on Chris Middleton, and we should give him credit where credit is due. Um, I disagree with you, Derek, Jared. I can't say that uh, Chris Middleton is a, a poor man's Paul George discount. because he a discount Paul George because he's an All Star. He is representing Team USA. When I think of you saying a discount player, I'm thinking of a role player. Like we just throw that t- name out because they have spurts of doing something that may be similar to All Star player. But I can't say that an All Star player that's playing for Team USA, is a discount player. So that's my that's my spill on it. I think the only reason why I think of that is because I think of Paul George as a top 10, top 15 player and Chris Middleton as a top 20, top 30 player. And I think that just makes my point even that much better because they're, they're both in the top 30 of the NBA. You just caught but, them a discount player. But one is in the top 15. It's still, it's still, those are the, still the best players in the league. So to call, a, that's, you you know, that's just my, not, that's just right. my argument on it. Fair enough, fair enough. And yeah, he did drop 40 points and he was just outstanding, especially his late game shot making. I think, and a lot of people probably should on Twitter probably say that he's going to be the number one option moving forward, as wrong as that sounds. A lot of people really discount his clutch gene. I mean, I'm always, I've always been a, a proponent of him being the main guy you give the ball to once the game is on the line because we've seen it one time against, the, I think it was the Boston Celtics a few years ago. He hit a near half-court three-point shot to send it to overtime, and that was just one incredible friggin' shot. I think there was like, what, 
six tenths, seven tenths of a second left, and that was just pure money. From then, I was a believer. And Dylan, you've seen a lot of this. Any thoughts on Chris Middleton's performance tonight? I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, you can't say enough about the guy. He's a complete player. He's a complete player. He can do. He can make every shot on the court. You know, I, I think people don't give him a lot of credit. It's because he's not flashy. He doesn't have the athleticism that you want out of your big name players. But you know, he can be inconsistent at times. But he's that pull for the defense that you know they know that he's going to be the guy taking the shots. So the defense will kind of collapse on him in the fourth. But I mean, he can dish. He can hit every shot. He's vastly underrated on defense. I think. You know, Chris has been doing this a long time and, you know, now he's on the big stage and, and he's stepping up. So, uh, you know, Kendrick Perkins, Perkins says, you know, he's the Batman and Giannis is the Robin. I don't give a <laughs> I don't care who is Batman, who is Robin. Together, they are absolutely special. They play off each other fun, fantastically. You know, they've been doing this for eight years. They built this team from the ground up. Chris Middleton doesn't get enough, uh, doesn't get enough credit. And I think, you know, he's higher on that your top 30 list than, you know, maybe you give him credit for it's it's hard comparing him to paul george but i don't know i bias i take chris middleton playoff playoff uh p uh is is uh not a real thing pandemic p all right go ahead daniel you yeah. had your uh look i totally get what dylan is saying about chris middleton chris middleton is a good player and yes i i do bag on chris middleton a lot I think he deserves more credit than he's he's getting. But my question is, can he can you play this consistent with with this Bucks team like he did tonight for the rest of the series? And and the answer to this to this question as of right now is no. Look at look at what he's been doing all playoff series long. Look at the Atlanta series. He had the first two games of that Eastern Conference Finals. He had like what fifteen points, and then in some in in the early games of this series, he he also had like a couple performances. So I. I, I still question whether Chris Middleton can still, you know, you know, play like three to five good performances in a row because that's what this Bucks team right now team needs right now. And because, you know, Giannis, Giannis is he's having a tough time, even though he's played gracefully in his final series so far. I think that's always the issue with Chris Middleton, and I'm going to let you hop in, G, real quick. But I think that's the thing with Chris Middleton. He has these performances where it's super subpar, but then as the series goes on, he kind of gets his footing a little bit, right? He starts to to wisen up to what defensive schemes are being run against him, against Giannis, against whatever. And we'll talk about defensive schemes in a little bit, but I think that's what happens with, with Middleton. He just takes a little bit to warm up, but when he does, he's on fire. But go ahead, G, if you have anything to add. Yeah, I, I agree here. I, I, and it's, you know, people are going to talk about the coaching and stuff, but I feel like that's a big uh, component here. Um, I feel like, you know, the, correct me if I'm wrong, Dylan, but a lot of times in the first half, you know, we're trying to get Giannis to get going. We, we want to focus on him, the number one option. And then when it comes down to the second half, it's like, okay, Giannis isn't that closer. So now we need to kind of force the ball on Chris Middleton's hand. And this is my example would be that uh, Budenhoser took Chris Middleton out uh, what it was like seven minutes in the fourth quarter. And it was like, why, why are you taking, why did you take him out? So those instances right there, I feel like doesn't allow Chris Middleton to be Chris Middleton. When we saw Giannis out um, in the uh, 
conference finals, uh, the last two games, Chris Middleton was in his bag. I think Chris Middleton is probably the most consistent player on his team, given what he does. And this is why I take the knock on him. Didn't bag on him, but I take the knock on him being a second to third option because he's the, he's not going to consistently do superstar level things. But he's going to consistently do what he does. He's an all-around player, much to what Dylan said. He's going to give you some effort on defense. He's going to facilitate, and he's going to give you at least 15 points, like Daniel said. And you say that as a bad thing, but, I mean, playoff basketball sometimes, and you got you to roll with what you got. Yeah. Uh, j- just a little piggyback off that. I think when Chris Middleton is inconsistent and he doesn't have his greatest games, l- like you mentioned, in the last two games of the Atlanta Hawks series, he took over. He was the guy they needed him to mm-hmm. be. And I think sometimes, and I was talking to, I was talking about this the other day. It's almost like when Giannis is healthy and in, Chris Middleton will kind of make it like a dichotomy. It's either he's going to give it all to Giannis or he's going to take it all himself. When Giannis isn't, when Giannis is in and, and doing his thing, they kind of just push it onto Giannis and say, "Here, you you kind of take us away when they they need to play more." you know, team ball. Cause he and Giannis on the pick and roll devastating, but they just don't do it enough. They get away from it too often. Yeah. And I think that's what something, that's something they need to do more of moving forward. Like, I don't know what's going on with the honest. I mean, if his early game thingamabobs, whatever you want to call it is going to keep persisting, I guess that that's something that they need to really pay attention to. But as long as they keep running that pick and roll, because like you said, it's devastating, but something that I also want to kind of get into was the fact that, one of the people that was really, one of the players that was really, you know, really talked about coming into the series was was Drew Holiday. And this game, I, I don't really know what to say about Drew Holiday's uh, thirteen points, four of twenty shooting, and you know he did have three steals, seven assists, and you know, seven rebounds. But he was just kind of a non-factor in this game. I don't know if he had one. I feel like he has these moments where he'll break out and be the star that he needs to be, but then he'll just revert back into something else. I don't know why that happens. Have you guys been seeing this too? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think Drew Holiday is an act. He's a solid player, but he's definitely not. I will say this right now, he, like with the whole trade before this season began, he definitely has not really lived up to the hype. When Drew Holiday came to Milwaukee, we all kind of hyped him as this kind of like second or third option, this guard that Milwaukee needed. He has definitely not turned out so far. And in the postseason, he's had his moments, but I feel like he's been he's been a non-factor, not just this series, but all postseason, postseason long. It's 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 been it's been strictly Giannis has been carrying the weight on his team with Chris Middleton you know, loving off the pressure. So I just I just don't I just don't think Drew Holiday he he's not giving the impact Milwaukee needs right now in my opinion. All right, go ahead, G. Looks like you're chomping at the bit over there. And there was just so much so much like rebuttal I had as soon as you said that he was a non-factor all the playoffs and the, the first image that comes to my mind, I know Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, but the game that he guarded Kevin Durant just made it tough. Drew Holiday has been a staple on the defensive end. I know he's shooting horrible, but, you know, playoffs is known for this. We've seen Kobe shoot horrible, and I'm a Kobe fan, and you should know this too. When it comes to the playoffs, you it's it's so much difficult. And you talk about young players like Trey Young. Remember, he was shooting inconsistent all playoffs long. So 
I'm not trying to defend Drew Holiday, but to sit here and say he's a non-factor, ugh, what have you been watching, Daniel? I'm sorry, I have to come for you right there. But um, I don't know. He just doesn't feel like he's on the court sometimes, man. Yeah, I, and I see what you're saying because I made this argument as well that he doesn't get the ball in certain instances. But uh, I feel like he is the guard that they they that the the Bucks need. It, but I don't think they still needed more. Like, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't the, the end-all, be-all to fix all the problems the Bucks needed at the guard position. But you always need a defensive staple that can have these games that where he can get 10 to uh, 15 to 20 points, uh, 5 to 12 assists. And you just really just said that, like, he didn't close out the conference finals averaging a double-digit assist. You said he was non-existent. Oh, that's where that's where the argument gets me because you said all playoffs. Like, you're just looking at this, this series and said all playoffs, he's just been horrible. Horrible, but he has he's just been inconsistent but i've even mentioned this before he's not that guy he's not the third he's not he's a third option in my opinion but but he's not the, like i said he's not filling in the roles of everything that the milwaukee bucks need because they still need that shot creator at the one at the one position and drew holiday looks more of like a two off ball one in my opinion for this bucks team so moving forward would it make sense if they just switch middleton as being the one and holiday as the two because it seems like and I mentioned this last pod. I think that is the way to go because when they had Middleton bring up the ball, he's a better, I don't want to say he's a better overall kind of point guard, but he is a better facilitator because he has, he has the height to see over, you know, tall defenders that Drew Holiday may not be able to do. I think I completely I say, agree. With, oh, go, oh go sorry. Ahead. You're good. Uh, You're good. Sorry about that, but I absolutely agree with that statement, Jared. Um, sorry, Dylan, for interrupting you, but uh, good, I just think for all his inconsistent performances, Chris Middleton will have these monsters nights like we what we saw tonight. And and Drew Holiday, like I said before, sometimes he, it feels like he's not on the court. And and the difference is Chris Middleton, I feel he, unlike Drew Holiday sometimes, I feel like Chris Middleton is the type of player that will kind of tip the balance of a potentially winning, of the, winning a series. So, yes, and... Chris Middleton is is a better facilitator. So, yes, I agree with that statement, Jen, 110%. Thank you. And that's like one of the few things we actually agree on. But go ahead, Dylan. Um, yeah, I. it's tough because we see Drew miss so many at the rim. I think that is just mm-hmm. the, absolutely the biggest killer. He misses bunnies. He misses layups. And it's there are shots that you make. There are shots that everyone makes. You're in the NBA. <laughs> you, make those, you make those shots. But he does so much that doesn't fill up the statue. Like with without his defense, the Bucks are not where they are right now. That guy right. guards one through five. He's so strong for his size. He can rebound, but it's his offense that he and, and, and we talked last time about the hero ball. Drew is like the guy that is the biggest criminal when it comes to hero ball. He'll come down, he doesn't look, he tries to dribble too many times. You know, in the first the first couple games when he dribbled more than, you know three times he couldn't shoot worth a damn when he comes down he takes his time he doesn't try to play the hero ball he's fantastic i mean he's not going to be the guy that's gonna you know always you know play the chris middleton role but he's so good on defense and he's so sticky and he puts so much pressure on defense he's been absolutely huge it's just frustrating to see him play the hero ball and then when he does it misses shots at the rim it's maddening yeah and I think that going to your point before you hop in here, G, of Drew Holiday's defensive presence, I think that's why Chris Paul has 15 turnovers in his last three games. So just adding more to that, because there are times when he was just punishing Chris Paul whenever he tried to like do some sort of move or whatever, or like even down on the block. He Because of his size, he's what, 6'4", 220 maybe? 
Like you can feel all of that. So yeah, I, I totally agree. He's just he is a defensive monster and stuff that doesn't appear on a stat sheet. So but go ahead, G, if you have anything to add. Yeah, exactly. You need those players on your squad, but uh, I know I'm just being the bad guy today, but I'm going to have to disagree with you, Jerry. I okay. understand Chris Middleton. Uh, we're seeing him as a better facilitator, although he's on, on his career average is about 3.8 assists a game compared to Drew Holiday's, which is 6.4, uh, because Drew Holiday is closer to a point guard than Chris Middleton. I'm going to say that that's not what's needed. Keep keep Chris Middleton at the three position, move Drew Holiday to the two, and somehow, some way, the Bucks need a point guard. They need a true point guard. Um, that's that's my answer to the question. But what what does it hurt to try Chris Middleton at the one for the finals? It's the finals. Uh, you need to switch up something, but they don't need to switch it up now because they just went on a 2-0 streak at home, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> right? I mean, they have at most three games, so why not tinker, right? And we're, we're talking about tinkering. Well, something that I noticed, I think it was kind of strange because the Bucks went with a two big lineup in the third and that didn't help them at all. And we were discussing defensive schemes earlier. I don't think that is a scheme that should ever be implemented moving forward because when the Suns went small and the Bucks remained big, that's kind of when, you know, even when Devin Booker was out with four fouls in that late mid to late third quarter, they still retained that lead with Chris Paul playing poorly Tory Craig in there, Jay Crowder and uh, what's his face campaign. Just in there, yeah, you can't you have to take advantage of that, especially if Chris Middleton's starting to get hot too. You have to take advantage of that, and I think Coach Bud really needs to think about whether or not he should be playing Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez at the same time, or if they should move Brooke Lopez to the bench because I mean him coming off the bench and having Giannis at the five, I think that's the most effective kind of squad. But again, with Giannis's fitness levels kind of being wonky, it's kind of a different, it's kind of a difficult situation. What do you guys think? I, I definitely see your point, Jared. It's kind of a it's kind of a complicated situation, but in all in general, like I think what this playoff series has shown that, you know, offense kills and even though defense will win you a championship, offense is key. So I think when the I think going small is honestly the way to go in these playoffs. It's just how the game is today. Um, so yeah, I think you know the the Bucks the Bucks need to really think carefully when you're when you're adjusting this lineup, especially against this Suns team who like which in which they are so guard oriented. Because if you if you try to go big on them, they will find a way to to go around it. And they did in the third quarter because even. Even though Devin Booker was out, they built a six-point lead heading into the fourth, which they ultimately surrendered and lost the game. But still, that's not the point. It, the point is the matchups didn't favor bigs, but Coach Bud still kind of kept it that way. G, Dylan, if you guys have... Yeah, I, I mean, wonder... Go ahead. Go ahead, Dylan. Go ahead, Dylan. <laughs> uh, just real quick, I wonder if them putting Brooke back in for a while had anything to do with PJ Tucker getting into foul trouble too. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's obviously better when Brooke sits and they, when they go small, but Brooke just can't navigate the paint. He can't navigate the block, especially when they're running those rolls with, with Booker. He, he's just getting too many open looks at the top of the key. So um, I totally agree. I think going small is, is way better, but I think part of it might've been um, attributed to, you know, PJ Tucker being in some foul trouble and them just, you know, needing to, to put harder defense out there, but go ahead. G. 
Yeah, uh, just you, you hit the nail on the coffin there. I think their defensive scheme has been pretty solid. It's been making players uncomfortable. It, you can't you can't shut down the whole the entire Suns team. So they did their job today with Chris Paul. Devin Booker, of course, went off. And I think uh, I think uh, what's his name? Jeff Van Gutty made a great point today that we just completely forgot about Dante DiVincenzo. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. DiVincenzo. There we go. Uh, he's a two-way player. Uh, he was averaging ten points in regular season, and I feel like he's a he's a he's a combo guard can kind of guard one through three. So I think they're missing that element here. And if you have him on the court with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, throw PJ Tucker and Giannis at the five, we can switch everything. Ah, oh, that's that's gonna be tough. So I think that's what the Bucks are really missing when it comes to their defensive schemes. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I mean, I think that that's kind of like the main thing that the Bucks should ultimately kind of strive for moving forward is, you know, Brooke, Brooke Lopez has been a great starter his career, but I think it's time to sit him, sit him on the bench, have Giannis be the four or five moving forward, starting off games, because if he's the four or five, they're just unstoppable. I think so. They can't, they can't do it all game. It's, it's similar to the AD situation. You know, we can, we have to start. We have like, you can't have him go up against eight in all game. Okay. You see how tired it is in the beginning of the game. Why would you yeah, do but- that? Well, I mean, hopefully by the start of the next season and beyond, he has better fitness levels, right? That's the hope. Yeah. But speaking of Aiton very, very quickly, and this is for the Laker fans on the pod, like the way that Aiton is playing, is he what the Lakers thought Andre Drummond would be? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just because yes, what, of course. Because but we didn't the, get that. You guys um, got a dude who's I, complaining about NFTs and his coach. So, yes, I, I feel, I feel attacked right now. I feel attacked. It's not an attack. <laughs> I'm just, because like I'm watching him play dude had 17 rebounds, five assists and three blocked shots. Like, and he only had six points. You know, he was just a, a pest dude. That's why I kind of brought it up because the similarities right now, like, yeah. Sorry, yeah, to, we, sorry if I offended you. My bad. Nah, like, I mean, go ahead, Daniel. Uh, apologies, Jarrell, but um, we we wanted what we wanted out of Andre Drummond was a dude, a big that can do the dirty stuff, get the you know, get the boards, um, play play rough defense, and we didn't really get that. So uh, DeAndre Ayton is filling that role for Phoenix beautifully this postseason, and I think that's a that's a like a, that's going to be a firm reason why. Um, the Phoenix Suns will ultimately win this series in six. Dang. Anyone have a counter like that? I think that's number three or four already in a <laughs> you know, twenty-six <laughs> minutes span. We'll go ahead, <laughs> uh, I I'm not gonna say I was expecting DeAndre Ayton because you know Drummond is a former All Star and, and rebound leader, but I was expecting what we got from Damian Jones, <laughs> but just <laughs> but just more rebounds. That's all I was expecting. I wasn't expecting crazy numbers like ten points at least, and being able to just finish a dunk and a layup. But not DeAndre Ayton numbers. DeAndre Ayton is the number one overall pick in his draft class. So I was thinking uh, uh, Damian Jones, what he was doing for the Lakers, his short time there, but just giving us 20 boards a game. So very disappointed. But shout out to Ayton. Yeah, shout out to him. Good job on shout him. And, and like one, one more uh, Phoenix Sun we need to talk about because, you know, we talked about him last pod. Jay Crowder. He – uh. He didn't go 0 for 9 or whatever, G, and the Suns lost again. So he really needs to uh, he really needs to step up his game or whatever. Facts. Or step down his game, I should say. <laughs> Facts. Every time they play well, they lose. But anyways, 
Um, just a few more things here before we wrap things up and head into the quick hitters. Um, thoughts about game four, very quick thoughts on game four and the series moving forward. Daniel, you still have the Suns, we know. Uh, Do you still have them in six? <laughs> uh, I, I am going to play the LaVar Ball uh playbook here and i will say into existence the Suns are winning this series in six they will have a retaliation game on saturday they will win game five um they will win on the road in milwaukee wisconsin and they will win their first fran- uh, you know they will win their first championship in franchise history i will say oh. it into existence Suns and okay. six Suns and six all right go ahead g I don't know if you heard the knock. I was knocking on wood because all of these outrageous claims you've been making all playoffs has been jinxed. You're going to jinx the Suns to losing uh, <laughs> this finals and fumbling the bag here. Uh, thoughts on this game? Sloppy. Didn't like it at all. I don't like the referee whistles, all the acting going on. And But I understand it. In my last game uh, this past uh, Sunday in my adult league, I got punched in the face on the layup, made the layup, but no call, no call. So I guess I got to take some acting classes, but I still, I still feel like the Suns can, can, can take this and I'm getting, it's getting closer to 50, 50. Like it's really hurting my heart. Like I can't choose, <laughs> but it's going to game seven. It's going to be a close game, game seven. I'm still going with the Suns. Sorry, Dylan. Hey, that's all right, man. You got to stick to your virtues, but uh, no, I'm still saying bucks and six. I think at some point tonight, I feel like we were watching the Academy Awards. Jake Crowder was, <laughs> Absolutely unreal. I couldn't believe that he was doing. <laughs> Drove me nuts. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Devin Booker should have followed out. Can't should get have, over yeah. that. Back. But yeah, that, that first quarter was a nightmare. Um, it really just, you know, it started to get going at the end of the third. Really thought that the Bucks finished out uh, really well. Um, defense was great. I still, uh, I, I think they're going to go into Phoenix and steal the next one and bring it back home for Bucks in six. <laughs> Bucks in six. Wow. Delusion. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm not going to say Bucks in six. I'm going to say Bucks in seven, but I'm with you. They're going to take one in Phoenix. They're going to lose the next game in in Milwaukee, and then they're going to win on Phoenix's home court. Oh. So a little bit of a spicy take. Spicy. Like but, but also, shout out to Devin Booker for recording the most points scored in their first career postseason because he has more than 532. Shout out to him. That's crazy. Dude can just flat out ball. And when people say Kendall be legendary. What? Kendall was oh. proud. Oh, yeah, sure. Kendall. <laughs> a Jenner. But uh, anyways, uh, just a few more quick hitters here before we wrap things up. So... The WNBA All-Star Game was tonight, and it was Team WNBA versus Team USA. Team WNBA beat Team USA 93-85 behind Arika Ogumbowale's, sorry, 26 points. And just a few more quick tidbits about the WNBA. Through 16 games, viewership is up 44% from last year, which, if you guys recall, was the highest or most viewed season ever because of the pandemic. Um, So that's cool. The Aces versus Wings game last Sunday averaged 643,000 viewers, making it the most watched regular season game since 2012, according to ESPN PR. So good stuff on WNBA. And even more kind of WNBA news, and gee, I know you love this. So WNBA 2K22, it's going to come out on September 10th, but the covers were released today, and it's going to feature Luka Doncic, Dirk Nowitzki, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kevin Durant. 
more impressively, and I think this is what G is going to be really happy to know, Candace Parker is the first woman to grace the cover of an NBA 2K game. So shout out to her. She will be on the uh, the WNBA 25th anniversary special. So nice. Can't wait to get that. She really does. She was uh she was playing very well at the All Star game. I don't know if you guys saw that, but she was playing very well at the All Star game, and she was just having a blast, which everyone should do. And you know, shout out to Allie Quigley for being a three time WNBA three point champ three point shooting competition champion. Yeah, that's that's a mouthful. But shout out to her. She is like <laughs> her her shot is just amazing. It's kind of like a set shot, but she knows how to play. And lastly here. Kawhi Leonard got surgery for a partially torn right ACL. Very, very, very quick thoughts on if he's going to sit next season because it is a it is a torn ACL. So, do you guys think he's going to sit next season? I say yes. Daniel, that feeling is partially, but he'll be back during the mid uh, during the mid season. He'll he'll make his return, but he'll, he's going to have an adjust a long adjustment period adjustment period. Fair. I mean, next year is his kind of like his weird free agency year where he can decide whether or not he wants to play because he's going to get a max contract regardless. But go ahead, G. It's Kawhi. He's sitting out the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Dylan? Uh, he's the Terminator for a reason. I say that he starts no later than the All-Star break. Okay, fine. Fair enough. All-Star break, but... With all that being said, Dylan, again, thank you so much for hopping on. I know that, you know, this series is probably raising your blood pressure and giving you heart palpitations and all that. But uh, glad to see you're feeling okay, especially considering the Bucks are now tying the series, or have tied the series, I should say. So for anyone who wants to, uh, you know, follow you on Twitter, Instagram, whatever have you, where can they find you? Uh, at Dill Hill, uh, across all platforms, uh, Insta and Twitter. Catch me at Stropsy. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Not cool. too, uh, not too much, not too little, but find me all the same. All right, and I'm pretty sure people will find you all the same. And for all those listening, don't forget to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter, at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram, and at The Shooting Bricks Podcast on YouTube for all the news and the video of this episode of The Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. Sons in six. Sons in <laughs> six. And I'm Daniel Wayne, and I'm joined by... Let's just have a great NBA Finals and enjoy <laughs> basketball, celebrate life. It's your boy, Really Real, Jarrell Stills. And just one more time, our special guest for this episode is... Uh, very grateful. Dylan Hildebrandt, thanks for having me on, guys. We're glad to have you on. And for everyone else, we will see you guys next time.